In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want to preface what I'm about to say by saying that by no means would I consider myself a, a clean or, or a neat freak uh, at all, although I, I try to be a relatively clean person, I suppose. I take showers here and there, wash my hands every once in a while. Uh, I'm not a neat freak, but I have to say there is something, and maybe some of you can relate to this, <clears throat> there is something so frustrating, beyond frustrating, uh, about a stubborn stain that just won't go away. You know, the kind that you get on your shirt and you know it's there and so you go home and you shout it out or you take one of those magic eraser pens and you rub it on and and you put it in the wash with some OxyClean or bleach or whatever your magic potion is and you put it in the wash and you expect to take it out uh, looking brand new and and the stain's still there. There's something frustrating about a a stubborn stain and and so you you try again. You, You look up online all sorts of tips and hacks and tinctures you can make that will get the stain out and and yet it just won't go away. There's something so frustrating about a stubborn stain. Uh, Just one quick story. Uh, A number of years ago, about five years ago now, uh, we were gathered right at this time of year with my family for our, our family's annual egg coloring party. Every year on the Saturday before Easter, my, my parents have a party with some extended family and we, we color our Easter eggs for the year. And no matter how old we get to this point, my mom has demanded, my brothers and I, to color our eggs. And so a, a good, faithful, obedient child that I am, I, I colored my eggs and then when I was done, I looked at my hands and as you can imagine if you've done this before, they were a rainbow of colors. Some red, some pink, some yellow, some glitter mixed in there, uh, which, which usually doesn't bother me because I'm, I'm not a, a neat freak, a, a clean freak, but this year was a little different because the next day, I was going to be up front here in a church uh, helping serve communion for the first time. I was in the middle of my vicarage, my pastoral internship, and I, I, I was worried what these people were going to think as I handed them the body of Christ with glitter and pink and yellow <laughs> everywhere all over my hands. And so I went to the basement and where my dad keeps all these fancy, gritty lava soaps and, and some brushes, and I went down there and I scrubbed and I scrubbed and I washed and I scrubbed and... Yet no matter what, these stains just wouldn't go away. There's something frustrating uh, about a stubborn stain. Maybe, maybe you can relate. Uh, maybe you can relate to the, the spot on your shirt that shows up as you walk into the job interview or, or the first date that you didn't know was there, but, but now it's obvious. You know, the Bible says that our sin is, is kind of like a stubborn stain on our life. That's what the Bible says, and I, I think I have to agree. I think most of us who have spent even just a little bit of time uh, reflecting on our own lives and, and thinking about the reality of sin in our world, I think most of us would have to say, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a, a frustrating stain that no matter how hard you scrub and wash it, it just, uh, it just won't go away. And, and the truth is, and the Bible touches on this too, sometimes that stain of sin in our life, sometimes it is big and it is obvious. Like when we've been telling a lie for years and then the truth comes, comes out and, and it's obvious we're a fraud or, or when we've been gossiping at work or amongst our friends and that gossip kind of makes its way back to us and, and people hear what we've been saying about them and there's no hiding it anymore or, or when the anger that's been building up inside of us just comes bursting out and, and we've shouted and we've yelled at someone we love and we think where did that come from sometimes the stain of sin is is big and it's obvious but other times it's small it is almost imperceptible it's 
It's like we're the only ones who really notice. You've, you probably had a stain like that, right? Like you, you know no one else can see it. You put a jacket over it, and yet because you know it's there, no matter how hard you try to ignore it or forget it, it just drives you crazy and you're worried that anyone else will see. Sometimes, sometimes our sin is like that. Like, like we're the only ones who, who see our, 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 our growing sense of selfishness or pride or ego that's filling our hearts. Or, or we're the only ones who know that, that we haven't opened up our, our Bibles in months or years and we haven't prayed in weeks. We're the only ones that see that. We're the only ones who remember the, the hurtful words we said to a sibling decades ago that they've even probably forgotten about, but, but we know it's there. We, we see the, the stain, that the spot is obvious if, if to no one else but, but us. The Bible says our, our sin is kind of like a, a stubborn stain. And, and yet what it also says is that no amount of washing, no amount of scrubbing, no uh, amount of, of sorrow or, or no amount of good deeds that we can do will, will ever make us clean. Sin is like the, the pesky dirt underneath your fingertails or the grease on your hands or the, the wine stain on your shirt that just won't go away. And, and yet all of us have tried just to scrub it off, haven't we? We've We've come to church thinking, okay, I'm going to come to church, I'm going to show God that I really mean business, or I'm going to put money in the offering plate or volunteer for some board to, to show him I'm, I'm, I'm committed, I'm, I'm devoted to, to cleaning my, my life up, or we, we've tried any number of things to scrub ourselves clean. And you know, what the Bible says is that no amount of scrubbing, no amount of cleaning will, will get us to where we need to be. That's frustrating, that stubborn stain of sin. Uh, if I could take us back to our reading for today, we only had one from the Gospel of, of John. You, you might remember uh, what was going on in that story. Uh, in, in the reading, Jesus has gathered together with his disciples, uh, presumably to, to celebrate the Passover festival. And if you remember anything about the Passover, it was a, a celebration, uh, uh, first of all, a reminder of the slavery that that God's people, the Israelites, lived in in the land of Egypt, and then a celebration that God rescued from that. And, and, and as part of that, he, he passed over them, passing over their sin as, as he pulled them out of Egypt and, and, and eventually into the promised land. And, and Jesus has gathered together his disciples to celebrate that, that holy, special festival, and yet he does something totally new with it. Uh, no longer will they just remember their time as slaves in Egypt, but, but now it will be a reminder that they are no longer slaves to sin, but that God has set them free. It used to be a reminder that God merely passed over them while they were in Egypt. And, and so too it is that now that, that God continues to pass over their sin, but now in a mysterious and beautiful way, God is saying, I'm not just going to pass over you, I will pass into you. My body and blood are now really yours for the forgiveness of sins. Uh, Jesus has done all that, but, but before he does, he, he does something that's almost unthinkable. And, and the truth is, I think for most of us, it's hard to wrap our minds around how unimaginable this was because, because Jesus, the God and Savior of, of the universe, the, the, the king and master and rabbi in the room, gets down on his knees to wash his disciples' feet. And again, that might not seem like that big of a deal, like, like so what? He, he gets a bucket and a cloth and begins to wash. But, it, but, but try to think about it like this. The, the very same fingers that painted the stars into the night sky, those same fingers scrubbed the scum between his disciples' toes. The very hands that put the, the clouds in their place 
are the same hands that, that got dirty with his disciples' feet, the, the very one to whom the, the angels bow down and sing words of, of praise and glory, that one bows down before his disciples, gets on his knees to make them clean. It was unimaginable, unthinkable that the creator and the God of the universe would, would take such a lowly position. Uh, if you remember how the story goes, Peter, of, of course, recognizes this. And, and for that, I think he ought to be applauded. He, he thinks to himself, hmm, something's, uh, something's off here. If, if anyone ought to be doing any washing, it, it ought to be me. Jesus, uh, you're the master. I'm the disciple. Let me wash you. But but Jesus says no, and, and, and somewhere in the, that interchange, Jesus says this. He says to Peter and, and I think to all of the disciples, because they were there, of course, too, and, and also to us, Jesus says to, to all of us, he says, unless I wash you, you will have no part with me. You will have no fellowship with me. Unless I wash you, you will have no part with me, no fellowship with me. What, what Jesus is saying there, I, I think, is kind of two things. First, he's saying, that you can't enter God's kingdom. You can't waltz into heaven with a spot on your shirt. You cannot stand before a, a holy, righteous, perfect God uh, covered in sin. You just can't. God demands perfection, cleanliness. Jesus is saying that on the one hand, but he's saying on the other hand that, that he is able to do what we cannot for all of our scrubbing, all of our rubbing and washing, Jesus has accomplished for us exactly what we need. He became dirty so that we might be clean. Jesus was willing to be marred by, by bruises and cuts. He, he was willing to let his hands be stained by blood so that you and I might be able to waltz into eternity clean, perfect, holy, washed by our Savior Jesus. Uh, I was thinking... Uh, this week in, in light of all this about one of the greatest feelings in my life and, and maybe you can resonate this uh, do you know that the, the feeling that you have when maybe you've been out working in the yard or or it's just been a long day like a, a warm hot summer day and maybe you've been doing something fun like uh, just walking around the, the neighborhood or downtown or something and you're kind of sweaty and, and grimy and you know that feeling of, of of finally being able to take a shower after some time like, like I remember a number of years ago, I was on a backpacking trip in Florida with my uncle. We, we spent four or five days hiking through the wilderness. And, and you can imagine, right, after four days as a teenage boy, no shower, uh, no way to really get myself clean. At the end of it, I stank. I was gross. I was greasy. I was grimy. And I still have this memory of getting into the, the car at, at the end of the trip, ready to head back home. And, and the door is closing. And there was three or four of us who hadn't showered in four or five days. And the smell was almost indescribable. And, and yet the feeling after that was almost as indescribable. Getting out of that car and going to my uncle's condo and taking a shower and, and putting on a clean set of, of clothes and, and eating a warm meal. You know what that feels like, right? There's nothing quite like it. And, and brothers and sisters, what we get this weekend is exactly that feeling. This weekend, through the, the death and then the glorious resurrection of Jesus, we are cleansed. We now wear a new robe of righteousness that, that should have belonged to Jesus, but that he puts on us today. We sit down for a meal where he feeds us and fills us with every good thing. That feeling is yours today. So you can stop your scrubbing. You can stop your 
your cleaning. You can stop putting money in the basket to, to try to get clean. You can stop showing up here just in order to, to make God happy and, and to wash away some, some dirt. You can stop signing up for some board just, just to, to, to take away a, a stain. You're clean. Uh, as I said earlier, today is Maundy Thursday. Maundy from the Latin word mandatum for command. Jesus gives us the new command that, that we love one another as he loved us. And as I think about that, I, I, I sometimes think to myself, wow, <laughs> how could I possibly do that? How could I love someone as Jesus loved me? He, he laid down his life for me. He was completely selfless. He had no ego, no sense of pride. He wasn't thinking uh, about how much this would hurt or, or what could it cost. How can I love someone as Jesus has loved me? And I, I still struggle to think how that's possible to me. But, but I think that the fact that we have been washed makes it just a little bit easier. <laughs> the fact that you and I don't have to spend any time scrubbing, we don't have to be racked with guilt as we look at our lives and see all of the stains, that, that we don't have to worry if we're going to end up as clean as God needs us to be because Jesus has washed us, because he, because he loved us and wiped that sin away, by making himself dirty, we are, are free to love as Jesus has loved us. In Jesus' name, amen.